Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Lights Out podcast. This is the first of a double header of two episodes. The first episode will be reviewing the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix and the second episode will be taking a look at the season overall and reviewing it, drivers, teams, interesting stories and then predictions for 2022. So we hope you enjoy this first episode and let us know what you think as you usually do in our DMs. Otherwise, enjoy. Right, so let's skip straight through past qualifying then where Verstappen put in a brilliant lap using a toe from, from Sergio Perez to get pole position and Hamilton started second. On lap one, right at the start, Hamilton got a much better start than Max Verstappen who was forced to actually um, use a set of soft tyres after messing up his Q2 lap. And then Verstappen came back and nearly overtook Hamilton at turn seven hairpin on lap one. And, you know, Hamilton really kind of exited the track and came back onto the track. And Red Bull reasonably were arguing that Hamilton had gained an advantage by doing so, while the stewards disagreed. And this was, at the time, quite controversial. The stewards' reasoning was that Hamilton's gap had been dissipated or any advantage he'd gained had been dissipated by the end of that first lap. So that started off a bit oddly and and personally watching that, I thought he should have been asked to give that position back. It didn't really look as though that was fully legitimate. Um, And, you know, that that's probably a drawback of having these modern tracks where you have such extensive runoff area and that, you know, everything's a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it's safer, but on the other hand, do you allow these tactics to come into play? From then, Hamilton set about really opening a steady lead over Verstappen with Verstappen's soft tyres kind of predictably falling off sooner than Hamilton's medium tyres. Red Bull stopped Verstappen on lap 13 and Mercedes responded with Hamilton pitting a lap later. Now, Red Bull kept Sergio Perez out in their second car so that he could sort of block off Hamilton while Verstappen closed off that lead post pit stops and that was actually very very useful for Red Bull in the end because Hamilton's eight second advantage slowed down to sort of or close to under two seconds or round about thereabouts with Sergio Perez you know it's it's tricky on one hand driving brilliantly on another hand quite dangerously depending on how much other traffic there was there but ultimately he did a brilliant job for his teammate and Verstappen was well within that sort of window again. Now, once Hamilton gained that position and started pulling away from Verstappen, it looked as though he kind of had things in the bag. Now, what what was really interesting at this point was that Verstappen essentially took a second stop on lap 36, which left him 20 seconds down the line from Hamilton. But he was on fresher tyres and was trying to catch Hamilton again later on down the line. Interestingly, that initial surge of pace from Verstappen was not uh, long-lasting. He didn't really catch Hamilton at the rate that he needed to in order to, to overtake by the end of the race, you know, had there not been a safety car. But then, with a few laps to go, um, this is where things got really, really controversial. So Nicholas Latifi binned his car into... Sorry, it got cut off. So Latifi binned his car into the wall with six laps to go. And that left six laps potentially under the safety car. Now, this is where things get really controversial and you really have to stop sort of following the rule book because really the race was getting to a place where it essentially just got fixed 
right? The result was fixed. Now, immediately once that Latifi went into the wall, a safety car was called. Red Bull pitted Max Verstappen and put him onto fresh, soft tyres. They kept Hamilton out despite him questioning the call twice. Questioning the call twice, Mercedes kept him out. In keeping Hamilton out, he was now on, I think, 38 lap old hard tyres versus Verstappen on fresh, soft tyres. That's not really the controversy. The controversy is as follows. Under the safety car, we had a situation where there were several lapped cars between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. Here's what you usually do with lapped cars. The usual process historically has been to let all lapped cars unlap themselves and then you restart the race one lap after that. Usually, that is what happens. In wet races, you may find that this is not allowed to happen. And that's probably because you don't necessarily want a load of fast-going cars that are lapped, unlapping themselves past a bunch of slow-moving cars in conditions where visibility, among other things, including traction, are severely limited. So the decision was made initially that lapped cars would not be allowed to unlap themselves. That's what Michael Massey's radio message was. Following that, there was an awful lot of pressure from Christian Horner uh, saying, oh, look, Michael, why are we not getting these lapped cars out of the way? To which Michael Massey, the race director, replied, Christian, give me a minute. I'm just trying to deal with this incident. Then all of a sudden, with a few laps to go, Michael Massey allowed only the lapped cars between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton to unlap themselves. However, he did not allow Carlos Sainz, who was also on soft tyres, to get past those lapped cars as well. So Michael Massey, let's call it what it was, engineered a race, or a non-race as it turned out, between Verstappen and Hamilton. The reality was, as soon as that happened... Max Verstappen was going to overtake Hamilton. I know that you could make the argument that there's a world in which Hamilton could have held off Verstappen, but reasonably, on 38 lap old tyres, it was just not going to happen. Verstappen then overtook Hamilton on the race start, and, and this is another point of controversy as well, where you had Verstappen really... There was two points. Usually the safety car will go around one more time after the lapped cars unlap themselves and then they will restart the race. The safety car went in that same lap. So we had a situation where there was one final lap for the F1 championship. And that was another point of, of sort of confusion as well, which we'll come on to later on. Verstappen obviously overtook Hamilton on the final lap and Hamilton couldn't gain back that place. And you heard in the, in the days after Hamilton's radio message saying, like, this has been manipulated, which obviously it was. And then following the race, there was an awful lot of controversy that transpired. Now, following the race, you heard some radio messages between Massey and Toto Wolff, where Massey was essentially saying to Toto Wolff, Toto Wolff was questioning Massey. And Massey's response was, oh, Toto, we decided to go motor racing. It's, it's, called, it's called car racing. The issue with Massey's non-explanation is really what my issue with the whole sport is right now, in that it's become not a sport, 
it's become really a, a commercial um, soap opera. And that's really problematic in terms of the commercial interest of all of the manufacturers who are entering the sport. F1 wanted Max Verstappen to win. They wanted Red Bull to win. You've had Netflix building up Red Bull, being the main team on, on Drive to Survive for, for ages. F1 have clearly been engineering a persona there. And then also on top of it, you know, they completely changed the regulations at the beginning of the year, specifically to detriment Mercedes. Like, let's not, let's not forget, Mercedes were one second a lap slower in Bahrain. They were nowhere in testing. The fact that they won the first Grand Prix was nothing short of a miracle. And the reason why Red Bull was so dominant this year is because they had a much faster car across the year. The reality was that Mercedes, as many people were pointing out, were not the favourites. Red Bull were the favourites throughout the whole year. The fact that Mercedes won the Constructors' Championship is pretty impressive. And for the FIA to really have engineered an entire situation where Red Bull was supposed to win that championship, for then Hamilton to go and grab that Drivers' Championship, I don't think would have been a great look for them. So from my perspective, having watched Formula One for well over 20 years, this was a completely engineered race result. And that for me is the most disappointing thing because it's not really about Hamilton winning or Verstappen winning. It's more about what does the sport mean? And I think at this point, it's, it's interesting because you, you're just simply not sure. And, I, and I'd also just like to read out a comment from one of our followers on this point as well. So as I said, one of our followers on the F1 page actually works in a factory for Formula One teams. And they left this comment on one of our posts in the fallout from the race. Their words were, I'm still feeling so confused as to what went on on Sunday. F1 is pretty much my whole life as I work making parts for four teams. These past two days, I've totally lost the love I had for my job and almost feel ashamed to be involved in F1 if that's what they want to do to get viewers. That's really how we feel as well. The sport was thrown out of the window and the FIA have had an absolute shocker. And notwithstanding the fact that most F1 fans right now wanted Max Verstappen to win the championship, it's really difficult to escape that. And even Verstappen fans will probably have to admit that, that it's really difficult to escape the reality that that race result was fixed. And that sort of leads us into the post-race palaver, Mercedes protests, Hamilton post-race, and then also, you know, what our feelings were really at the end of the season in terms of the sport overall. So let's go into the protests then. Um, the first protest, of course, is the fact that Verstappen very briefly passed Hamilton under the safety car. Look, it was so short in terms of his time ahead of Hamilton while under the safety car that near enough made absolutely no difference, did not infringe on the safety of the cars and of the race conditions. It was, it was very pedantic protest from Mercedes and probably deserved to be thrown out. The bigger protest though, was the fact that the safety car procedure as Mercedes understood it and as precedent dictates, was not followed, right? Now, what they were annoyed about is the fact that you're supposed to let all of the unlapped cars unlap themselves before you then you know, start the race again. And even then there should be another race. Now, there should be another lap before the race begins, sorry. The issue with that 
is that if the FIA had done that, the race would have ended on safety car conditions. Personally, from a sporting perspective, that for me is fine if that's the rules. If the FIA wanted to start the race again, they should have red flagged it and then started the race from the grid for one final lap. That would have made more sense, but they did not. And I think what was really frustrating for me watching that was how biased the F1 commentary team was, apart from a couple of voices. And I think the biggest one who I was really disappointed in is, is Martin Brundle, who's been a champion of Max Verstappen since he joined the sport. And I think reasonably so, because Verstappen is very good. But Martin really let his bias show at several points throughout the season. And he was kind of, he wasn't really thinking in terms of like what the gravity of the incident was for the sport. He, Sky Sports were clearly trying to keep their, keep their sort of, broadcasting rights for F1 in check and keep their friends at the FIA happy. And Martin Brundle was saying, you know, what is the remedy if the procedures were not followed, right? He was like, he was basically saying, like, well, look, what are you going to do about it? The rules were broken, even if they were. Or even if the rules were broken, what are you going to do about it? Which is kind of a bit like, you know, saying reasonably that there's no, or unreasonably, sorry, that there's no remedy if the FIA gets something wrong, which, of course, we then later found with Mercedes protests being thrown out. And I have to say a big point of respect for me goes out to Nico Rosberg at this point, who said, like, who kind of put Martin Brundle in his place, and he said, it's the fact that they let half of them unlap, and then it also says by the regulation that you need to wait to then do a restart. So in, in Rosberg's view, there were lots of things where Massey did not follow the rules. Now, the FIA's eventual verdict essentially said, well, by another regulation, which, by the way, has never really been used before, Michael Massey is allowed to do anything he wants under the safety car. Technically, that's true, but essentially what you've done, and we'll come on to it in our review of the season, is give a person who is not a driver, not a team member, and is not really supposed to dictate the race, the race is supposed to be the race, you've given them carte blanche to do that. That is for me, very concerning in the context of the sport. And it goes right back to what I said at the beginning. They're trying to make this into a soap opera and it's no longer a sport. And it's fine if you've got millions of Drive to Survive viewers who are just watching it for like, you know, entertainment value, like it's wrestling, but it's not. The reason why people watch Formula One is because it's at, at times quite boring in how objective it is. You see the fastest car, you have access to all of the statistics, and you see who's going to win reasonably on pace. That has been thrown out the window. And that's really, really disappointing for me as a Formula One fan that that Formula One has gone in that direction. Following the stewards rejecting or the FIA rejecting Mercedes protests, Mercedes no lodged a notice of intention to appeal the race results. They then dropped this on the day of the prize-giving ceremony with neither Toto Wolff nor Lewis Hamilton showing up to the, the award-giving ceremony. And I just want to look at some of the reaction from some of the drivers to what happened after the race. So first of all, Fernando Alonso, who's been championing Verstappen the whole year and who we know historically does not get along with Lewis Hamilton, um, said, well done to Formula One. He said, the sports in general, it was a big winner this year to have two guys tied on points in the last race. Uh, it was unbelievable, so well done to F1 in general. Yes and no. Well done to the sport for being competitive. But 
it's actually quite challenging to get past the, the sort of rigging by the FIA throughout the year. And I think against Red Bull, as much as for Red Bull, and that's, that's quite challenging. You don't really know what's going to win you the championship now. Lando Norris said he expected conspiracy theories from everyone, but it was a good race. Yes, conspiracy theories, but also just looking at the practical corollary of the FIA's results, so not actually a conspiracy there. Then there was the reactions from other drivers, including Danny Rick and George Russell. So I think those ones are the ones that I really want to pull up because they were probably the most, they're probably the most damning in in terms of just what was said and how it how it was stated. So I think George Russell. Let's start with him. He said, "What has happened is absolutely unacceptable. I cannot believe what we've just seen." Now. George Russell was going to be a Mercedes driver from 2022, so you've got to factor that in. But on the whole, I agree with him. It was pretty unacceptable in the context of the sport. And then finally, I'd, I'd just like to look at Danny Rick's reaction as well, which of course we posted. But Danny Rick said pretty blatantly, I'm not really sure what happened. So he said, I'm, I'm glad I'm not a part of whatever just happened. It seemed pretty fucked up. And I think that's the general consensus of anybody who really wants to be honest about it. Of course, most of the drivers there are friends with Max Verstappen, so they will have been happy that their mate won. But at the same time, it's pretty pretty disappointing how that how that race ended. And that sort of concludes our Abu Dhabi race review. So these questions came in a while ago, but we had one from Drew asking. Do you think Hamilton will retire after the race? And he said that, you know, he didn't want Hamilton to. I think it's pretty clear now that Hamilton won't be retiring, but there was a moment where he might have, and I wouldn't have blamed him because it shows that the sport is pretty much stacked up against him right now. He gets booed at every single racetrack for some reason. It's, it's really odd where a lot of this hatred towards Hamilton has come from. He has had the race championship stolen from him at the last by the FIA, and so it would be really difficult to understand what he's going through and also quite understandable on the other hand if he decided to just say look fuck it i've kind of achieved everything that somebody might achieve in the sport but props to him if he continues i don't think he'll retire at this point you know towards we're now on the 28th of december but let's let's see what happens right let's get into your 2021 Abu Dhabi gp questions then the first one is from matty kr shaw after all the race politics aside, after the entire season, who do you think should have won it today? In terms of the, the race itself, who should have won it? Hamilton should have won it. I think that's pretty clear. He had the fastest race car. He didn't really put a foot wrong the entire race after lap one. And that race result was taken away from him. That's, that's pretty clear to us. And it seems to be the view of the majority of reasonable Formula One fans, not, you know, sort of Max Verstappen biased fans to the extreme, which for some reason there seems to be a lot of them. Um, but yeah, Hamilton should have won that race. In terms of the championship overall, deserve is a really tricky word because if you go back to a number of years, you know, 2007, Kimi Raikkonen and, um, winning that one and, and Hamilton having some really rotten luck in Brazil or 2009 or 10, Verstappen stealing it at the last gasp. You just have to be in the championship race throughout the season to be considered as deserving, right? Verstappen was brilliant all season. He was so unlucky in Baku, so, so unlucky. Um, 
in Silverstone, he kind of did that to himself. He shouldn't. He could have easily have backed out of that that corner. And likewise with with Monza, Verstappen was was pretty. It was, it was pretty big shithousery from him. So, you know, he should have actually had that championship wrapped up a long time ago, Verstappen, but he didn't. And for that reason, Hamilton was in with a shout. But in terms of deserving across the whole season, it's tricky for us to say that. I think if you're going into the final race of the season, either Hamilton or Verstappen winning would have been fair from our perspective. Largely because Verstappen objectively has been so good, leading over half of the laps of the entire season just himself, or more laps than all of the other drivers combined. But Hamilton had his car where it needed to be the entire season. And then he was, in that last portion of the season, so much better than Max Verstappen. He had Verstappen rattled. And it's tricky to say he should have won it overall. But in terms of the race, it should have been Hamilton. Final question is from K underscore STH01, which kind of goes into what we were talking about before, which is what should the FIA have done in, on the last few laps of the race? Should they have red flagged it or allowed all of the lapped cars to go through? I think they should have either red flagged it or just followed the usual safety car process rules. If they determined that the usual safety car process rules would have allowed the race to finish under the safety car, which would have been undesirable, they should have red flagged the race. But they didn't. And that's it's quite a simple decision to make. And while Michael Massey is under a lot of pressure, while you may say he needs more support, ultimately it's his job. He's there. He's chosen to be there. We've got to stop giving out sort of participation trophies to the FIA race director and passing him on the back. He knew exactly what the effect was be or would be, or he ought to have reasonably known. And as such, you've really got to take a step back and say, like, look, they, they should have just red flagged it. If, if they cared about racing, they should have red flagged it or just follow the safety car rules. And as we said before, we would have been fine with the safety car rules as usual being followed and the race ending under the safety car because that's what the sport historically has done. But he didn't. And that's, that's really what's led to a lot of confusion. What happens the next time this occurs? How do you determine who's worthy of having no lapped cars between them and who isn't? They've left themselves in a real, real pickle now, Formula One. Luca Graham asks, do you think team principals should only be allowed to speak to the race director when asked? Yes, absolutely yes. Toto Wolff and Christian Horner, it's just, it's really outrageous the point to which it got to the season with them haranguing Michael Massey at every single opportunity. And even Toto Wolff during Abu Dhabi saying, like, look, Michael, please, no safety car. That was like a bit, it was too far. It was, it was just too far. And since then, Toto Wolff has admitted that he took it too far at several points and he shouldn't have been allowed to do what he was doing. So in short, yeah, they shouldn't be allowed to speak to the race director like that. But then I also think if they're going to take that away, there should be a lot more clarity over the rules and over stewards' decision-making during the race because it's not really clear how they're determining those, those um, decisions that they're making. And I think we need to have access to that as spectators of the sport, which really goes into a larger point of overhauling the FIA's race rules, which we'll come on to in our, in our big season review. Graham says that we have to discuss wide Perez, so at least have something positive to talk about. Yeah, Perez is great. Uh, we, we mentioned it earlier. Um, he, did a, he did a great job for Max Verstappen. I think that's pretty much all that needs to be said. Um, 
And then we'll also go into Will Wilson's question, which is just, why Michael? Uh, Michael is, uh, he's got a lot of thinking to do. Or maybe he doesn't, maybe his job is safe. If I was that bad at my job, I'd probably get sacked. But maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Maybe he's done exactly what Formula One wanted him to this year, which is sort of create drama and give that championship away at the end. We really, I, I really do think they engineered that to give that championship to Max Verstappen. It's so clear that even if they didn't say it on the tin, the effect of it was so clear, that decision-making. And the why Michael, it's anyone's guess, but it's, it's really, really disappointing, his decision-making. And we're going to go into the decisions throughout the season in the review podcast, uh, the second review podcast. So that's the end of our first episode of this doubleheader. The first being the review of the Abu Dhabi GP and the second being our 2021 season review. So we'll see you or rather you'll hear from us on the next episode. Until then, please do get into our DMs as usual. Let us know what you're thinking. If you have any thoughts on what we've said, I know I didn't really hold back on, on my view of the race result and I don't think my opinion will change really, but I'm willing to hear other views. Until next time, have a great few days and we'll catch up with you soon.